Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everybody. Today I have with me Jonathan Hermida, who's here for the second time. This, this, I, I think this has happened to me once before, um, where a, a podcast recording has to be re-recorded. But I totally give that up to the divine. Like I know that whatever we're going to talk about today is going to be even more powerful than our powerful conversation that we already had. <laughs> That's what we're speaking uh, to uh, offline, that there's a reason why this happened. And so let's find out what that reason is. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, it's been interesting between the last conversation we had and now I've just had so many of personal breakthroughs around um, the masculine and also just in my group program, a lot of women have asked questions around communication with in, in their partnership. So that's, you know, we got a lot of exciting things to talk about today. I can't wait. Juicy topics. Yeah. So before we dive in, um, why don't you introduce yourself to my lovely audience? Absolutely. My name is Jonathan Hermida. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm also a life and leadership coach. I'm not doing much coaching these days, to be to be fair, because I am focusing all of my time and energy into my startup capsule. And uh, we're, we're basically capturing the life and legacy of loved ones at different stages of life. And there's a big vision, exciting vision that I'm uh, excited to lean into and to build and to grow. And so that is quite, I'm at like the base camp of Everest is how I, or at the base of, of the mountain, of Mount Everest is how I see it and uh, getting ready to trek up, you know, and so mm. gearing up and I'm going to be letting go of uh the unnecessary gear that I'm carrying, uh, like, you know, like the extra coaching and stuff that, that won't be yeah. necessary. Wow. What a, what a move. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Exciting. Yeah. Very, very aligned with the stars. I feel like big changes are what's coming for all of us in general. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Always listening to my intuition, always following what life is uh, putting in front of me. I'm, I don't tend uh, to, to, to get overly heady about these things. I, I trust what life is putting in front of me and, you know, try to do right by it, get out of the way. And, you know, and that's a little bit of the, actually speaking to the topic of today, it's, it's a perfect blend of masculine and feminine, you know, the listening and the allowing, but then also the Mm. focus and the attention that a startup requires. It's very masculine energy. Once you get into the actual build of it, you know, so yeah wow that's so interesting um i had a business coach recommend me the book the surrender experiment and i'm like wow like it it can't just be 100 percent this for this guy like if you're a business coach you're getting shit done you're not just waiting for someone to knock on your door which is you know what this book is really all about um yes it's it's not quite i think it's misunderstood that's one of my favorite books it's one that i recommend often yeah, I, I think it's misunderstood. It's, you know, it's he he def, he took the action. It's similar to how I was phrasing how this startup came to me. And now I am the vehicle. I am the one that is sort of put in charge, that life has put in charge to see this project to life. And so Mickey Singer approached that in a similar way, it seems, where 
he was just following his intuition. I'm, I'm really into computers. I'm really, really into programming. And one thing led to the other. And he was spending a lot of time and energy, masculine energy, focusing. We have these goals, these things, but it was coming from that place of flow at the same time. So mm. that's at its at its purest point. Masculine and feminine energies are not in opposition. They're working in conjunction in every micro moment, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I love that. That that sounds like taking action without a like strict goal in mind, right? Like being flexible of where it's going to take you, just following your impulse of what action you feel like taking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 you know, there's a a deck to be built in your backyard. You know, there's there's a natural desire and impulse to do it for very you know, whatever reasons, you know, you want to have a shelter for your family to have outside and, and you just go with the flow of it and know what to build, you research what what to build, you you create a plan, and you get all the materials and you do it. And there's no reason why that's masculine or feminine, you know, right. it's, it's, it's a combo. It's, it's, you know, you're, you're flowing with it, it when done at its in its purest way, you know, and so, hmm. you know. yeah, it's interesting, you know, pivoting to the relationship space, I feel like, that's that's a little i don't know that when 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 it's like okay what are we doing together in this relationship it's it's interesting right because there's like that let's follow this flow let's see what happens between us but also we need to know where we're taking it yeah in a way right absolutely you know and and there's yeah the the polarity that aspect of polarity is very important in relationship in sexual intimate relationship um it doesn't matter male, male, female, female, male, female. It doesn't matter what the combination is. There tends to always be a polarity in terms of a more masculine energy in the sexual relate in that sexual moment and a more feminine, a giver and a receiver, you know, so to speak. And, and, and also in the greater relationship, you know, at least, and we can talk more about this as well, but just planting the seed that with my wife yeah. and I, we're, we're jumping in and out of, masculine and feminine energies in any given moment each other so it's this dance that's happening throughout the day uh it's not mm. a fixed point uh and we can again we can talk more about that yeah i'm like let's put a pin on that and then pre <laughs> pre preface it with once upon a time mount everest for you was the relationship space like you you know like what like tell us about how the this wonderful relationship you're in you would have never guessed to have had that years ago. So tell us a little bit about why and how you created this relationship. No, I come from a, a, a container of very, you know, the, the toxic, toxic masculine container of being a young boy growing up in, a, in America, but also growing up in a Latino household around other Latino and Americans, you know, that 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 in which y y the prerogative of, of a young boy is to be the hunter so to speak, you know, to be the one seeking out and, and capturing and, 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 you know, and, 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 you know, um, going after what you want, you know, that's what we're sort of um, conditioned with. And so as a young man with, with tons of insecurities and tons of baggage and trauma, I was finding my sense of uh, self, my sense of self-worth uh, through relationship, through the attention I was getting from the opposite sex. And so, um, it was, I, I was, it was insatiable. I, I had to, you know, hookups were my way of get it feeling validated, feeling like I was good enough 
and that that only lasts for so long because you know that those moments are fleeting and so i spent a lot of my young adulthood just going after your girls women you know what depending on the age that i was at you know and um and it was really toxic it was really unsustainable to the point where i you know i heard a lot of people along the way you know where i i just felt like it was um it was my right to do whatever i wanted and to go after whatever i wanted mm -hmm. and uh again all coming from a place of hurt and lack of self awareness and lack of awareness of many things and so you know um eventually that blew up in my face luckily thankfully because again mm. just, and so it sent me yeah. on a existential search for uh, you know who i am and what life is about and um mm. a, a deep healing journey a deep healing journey that confronted me with all the stuff that those behaviors were protecting you know that wasn't just my own. It was also my parents and their parents. It was, there were so many layers to it that I was uh, unraveling once I dove into that journey. And so um, once I really started, and this was back in you know, 2010, 2011, I was actually in a, in a two and a half year relationship. I knew immediately when these things were coming up, I needed to, and that relationship was, was actually quite healing because it was the first real deep, intimate relationship that I had up until that point. But I also knew that life was taking me elsewhere and that I needed to cut ties with this particular person. And um, and once I did finally cut ties, once I did enter this journey, it felt like I was just excavating really deep things that were uh, confronting, that were uh, mm. uncomfortable, that were painful, you know, and I couldn't mm. allow anybody in during that time. I was too scared that I was going to uh, hurt them, that they were going to see me, that, I, you know, see me, you know, fully and all how flawed and imperfect and all the things that I thought I was, you know, and so that was a lot of the journey. I'll pause there because there's more to it. But but essentially mm -hmm. it was that that confrontation, that that um, confrontation with myself and my wounds that um, really allowed me to lean into um, eventually understanding what I needed and wanted in in a partner. Mm -hmm. so. Wow. Yeah. I hear so much. I remember our first conversation, you said that most people come to their healing through something bad that's happening to them. Like no one just goes out and seeks out their healing. <laughs> um, and and when, when I started learning about the hero's journey, it really helped me make peace with that. Like even the bad stuff that's happening to us has this like um, silver lining on the other side. And it's like the only, almost the only way is through, right? You have to face the darkness. You have to see the the stuff in, in you that you don't like in order to then create something beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, and and yeah, like it's 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 um grace, the grace of life when these things happen. No, you don't see it, you don't feel it that way at first, but it's the very thing yeah. that's gonna stop you and and what else would motivate you to seek something more and some, something deeper unless you were born with that innately, which you know, some people are, most people I would say aren't. And so it does require um, some sort of activating event or a series of activating events that lead us to question the status quo and that uh, invite us to explore something deeper, which again, which which isn't easy, you know. And so, um, towards you know, and let me just continue the journey here. You know, I I I was living in South Korea. I you know there were a lot of amazing people that were entering my life during that time, and. 
I was already starting to feel, okay, let me lean into pos the possibilities of relationship and, and see what that would look like. And I couldn't, I couldn't, it just felt, you know, it was, there were amazing people that were coming through and I couldn't let them in. Um, I, 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 I would get to a point and I would just sabotage the thing or just outrightly communicate, Hey, this is too much for me right now. I can't, you know, and to the point where it really sort of confront where I really like was confronted with myself was this, this young woman who was living across from me in South Korea, um, checked every box that I could possibly want, you know, really, really smart, intelligent, uh, uh spiritual, um, into the outdoors, into, into fitness, nutrition, all the things that everything I can possibly want. And yet, finally, when I kind of broke free, we had a friendship that had had been established. And we've when I one night we we had one too many drinks, and you know I went in and I kissed her in the moment. It was the the impulse to to, to do, and I realized immediately, oh no, that was a huge mistake. That like this feels like I was I'm kissing my sister. You know, there there's there this is no this is this is wrong. And so that that ended up just getting it was an entanglement that I needed to just confront. You know that I needed to face and um and fix and i did and our, our friendship ended up being stronger because of it but i was like at that point i was like what is going on with me what is happening like like i was questioning everything like okay this is finally somebody that fits the box and everything that you wanted and all these things and that person wasn't good enough there's something still missing and the most the most insane thing started to happen to me a little bit shortly after that where i would i was deeply meditating on this on this topic and out of nowhere, this sort of mantra started coming within from my heart, deep within my heart, saying, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are, but I want you to know that I'm here and I'm waiting for you. You know, and it just kept it was this mantra that took over me in that moment. And every day after that, for months and months and months and months, uh, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are, but I want you to know that I'm here and I'm waiting for you. It was it was like there was this one person calling me forth. Where that came from, uh, I don't know. I wasn't forcing it. I wasn't trying yeah. to find a mantra. I wasn't trying to manifest in that direct way, but it was the case. And so when my mom, my mom gets diagnosed when I'm living in South Korea, that's a whole story um, with cancer. And uh, my plans, my continued plans for traveling through India and all these other places get blown up. And I, I see that I have to go back home to Miami the last place that I thought I would meet somebody because, you know, this was sort of a ground zero for all the trauma, but also ground zero for, for the types of relationships that, that created more trauma in addition to the, you know, core traumas that I had. And so I was like, I'm never going to find the girl that I'm now looking for in Miami. They're all superficial. They're all into blah, 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 whatever yeah. projections I had, judgments yep. that I had, you know, and again, long story short, um, I ended up meeting my wife when I came back down here. And the last year of my mom's life was the first year of my wife and I's relationship. Uh, so it was pretty magical uh, and miraculous the way that happened. Wow. Yeah. I There's definitely like a divine yeah. hand in all of it. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I'm curious too, when, you know, when, when it comes to manifestation and, and feel and like feeling a calling the way what also changes is kind of like the way you're operating in the world attracts something different. So I'm curious, like when that mantra started coming into your life, did you start stepping into your life in a different way? I had already been stepping into my life in a different way. You know, it was okay. part of the journey and I was traveling. And so I was just doing a lot of deep meditation. I was reading a lot. I was showing up more and more authentically, feeling more and more comfortable in my skin. Um, 
yeah, just having deeper relationships with people that were, you know, um, really genuine relationships also with, with women in a way that I didn't have before, you know, where it was, you know, I always had in the back, even if we were friends, always in the back, back of my mind, like, oh, this could be something, you know, it's, it's just kind of like the guy mentality, I guess, that was instilled in me, yeah. opposite sex, you know, pursue, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. And so what was beautiful was that that went away and I can actually see the person in front of me as a human being and not as, you know, someone to wow. pursue. And I had really wonderful, beautiful, established, really wonderful and beautiful relationships with with women and and guys, too. And, and it just became I was living differently, for sure. I was experiencing. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that because, of course, we like we can't say like, oh, because of this, your wife came into your life. But right. I think when it comes to manifestation, so many people focus on like write down what you're looking for or imagine what you want, which is powerful. But I think a big thing is also like be be that, you know, be the love that you want to call in, um, relate to women in the way that you want this relationship to be. Um, yeah. And that that kind of has you step into this like totally different frequency. Your nervous system is different, right? Yeah. And if you start to do that, and if let's say that that is your first line of a, a, attack, so to speak, that's the first way that you go pursuing what you want in life, um, you're going to confront the things that are getting in the way of you being in that way. Mm. Right. And so it's almost like you don't have to go pursuing it because you uh, even attempting to be and show up differently will confront you with the things that are have prevented you in the past from being that way. And so it requires you then to look at it, to heal it, to work on it, to forgive, to let go, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. wow. I just have to share. Um, in the past year, my like my intention has been to open my heart and receive and be emotionally available. And so on that journey, I've had to have these really deep emotional release like sessions through acupuncture, actually where I'm feeling all this rage that's been inside of me, specifically, you know, triggered by men, the men in my family um, and just feeling like I couldn't express my anger to men. You know, I got the message, you have too much rage. Um, and it's been it's been magical. Like it's it's been magical to actually feel that rage and then feel so open after and so able to stay present, express what I want, say no, which is so important to have, you know, a relationship that's healthy and, and functioning. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and it's important to face those those shadows and allow ourselves to feel those things that that we feel that we never were, we were never taught to feel those things. So we resist them. We repress them. And so they're there latent waiting, you know, for the right. right. Yeah. And I don't think we're we're also taught this kind of also hero's journey perspective of what you said, which is you go after the thing you want and then everything that's, you know, Every, every mechanism you've had not to have it yeah. or yeah, or everything that's been in your way is going to show up and to see that as an invitation, right? To see that as part of the journey of getting there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I, I hear now, since that's the theme of, of today's call in many ways, the masculine, yeah. I, hear, uh -huh. I hear that, that at play there, you know, there's a, the, the feminine part of, of listening and intuiting and feeling and moving and, and then the masculine part of, okay, and now doing something about it and getting it, you know, mm -hmm. working on it now that you're confronted with it and leaning into it. And, mm. you know. yeah, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of masculine and feminine dynamics being applied to this in particular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a cool way of looking at it. Mm hmm.
Um, so you mentioned that that's a really, um, that's a practice that you and your wife have in your own relationship. And that's perfect because, you know, a topic that's been coming up a lot in my spaces and, and with my clients has been about men and receiving um, and men being in their feminine. So, yeah, I would love to hear how that looks in your relationship and how you flow from one to the other. Yeah, well, the, the very start of our relationship, uh, um, I got rejected. So the masculine going in uh, for the kiss, getting rejected. Right, right. And a lot of that came from because she was in Miami, she already like did her research on me. And so like I had like that past persona that was still I was still carrying baggage of that past persona. And and people were like, oh, watch out for this guy. Again, they didn't know me because I had traveled for five years and you know, I, then I show up again and they, all they have is a reference of me before. And so that's fine. Oh. And so she was ca- kind of carrying that in the back of her mind. And so she pushes me away, just kind of like, hey, let's take it slow. And I, I saw that as an invitation to, to lean in and say, okay, I, let me share with you a little bit about where my journey, where I've been on my journey and, and what is coming up for me now in terms of the, 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 the pain, the trauma, the wounds, uh, you know, uh, my resistance to, to leaning in, in this moment, um, all of those things. I was sharing my emotions, my feelings, everything, putting it out on the table, being v- very vulnerable, being very in the, my feminine. And so that ended up being the catalyst that broke open the dam for the possibilities of our relationship to happen. And ever since that moment, especially in the beginning, I was always the one leading and 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 inviting her to to share more and to talk and to communicate and to share mm-hmm. how she's feeling and for me to share how I'm feeling. And so it started very much with me being strongly rooted in my feminine, but also leading in in my masculine as well, you know. And so it was it was that 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 gave her then permission to let down her guard, to open up, and and to receive what I was you know giving and and vice versa ultimately, right? And so that was the genesis, the beginning of our relationship, and and then from there the way. It, it sort of started to unfold is there's always been a dance and especially now in marriage it's, it's even more so because you really have a conscious partnership where we're a team and we're building life together uh you know literally and 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 metaphorically and all the things um and so you know there are times and there have been times where you know i was the higher earner and there's been times where she's the higher earner in terms of actual income uh, and because you know i've been sort of more in the startup you know, world I'm investing and we're investing in a lot of my endeavors. And so, you know, there's times where she's, you know, I have to stay home and take care of our son Cairo uh, while she goes out and, you know, kills the kills the hunt, so to speak for to bring home. And there's times where I'm doing that. So that's happening throughout our relationship in without needing to speak to it. We don't we're, we're not, you know, you mentioned the word, the practice of it. It has become mm. to it to us. It's not even a practice. It's it's we have somehow. It, it really is this dance, you know, between both of us. Where you know, man, I'm, I've had a rough day, and the the sale that I thought was going to break through didn't. And I'm here sharing with her, like you know how how vulnerable that feels because I was really expecting that. And now it's not coming in. And and what I feel is coming up for me in terms of the family and what, you know, 
my my ability to provide and you know all of those things and then she's able to hold a space for me there there's times where she's having you know that version uh for herself and and i'm you know able to hold that space for her and be there for her in that way um and so that's you know it's this 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 dance of communication and of taking action uh in the masculine and in the feminine at different times you know, um, yeah. and I th the only place where the polarities are clear and distinct and, you know, don't vary is in the bedroom or in the bed. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I'm very much in my masculine there. She's very much in her feminine there. Um, you know, and so so that's, you know, just speaking to, you know, what's the formula there? What what can I say? It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's hard to say. I, I, I think a lot of it just has to do with the, the, the work that had been done leading up to mm -hmm. the relationship. That's what it sounds like. That then allowed, because energies are naturally flowing within each and every one of us. And so yeah. if we get out of our own way, then I, I do think that there is harmony. That is, you know, I think the result of getting out of our own way is harmony, mm. right? When we're not existing and and and, and we're, when we're not fighting what is, when we allow things yeah. to be, of course, the result is harmony. Right. And we're not withholding or pushing something away. Yeah, I even heard, like, even even in you being so vulnerable in the beginning, that's such a product of, of your work. Because what a lot of men, I hear a lot of men struggle with is, you know, having a deep desire to see a woman in the beginning. And then the woman, like, it's too much. And then there's yeah. this, like, they disappear. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends, my guy friends complain that they'll, in the in the dating app they'll be like let's hop on a video call and then woman disappears like never 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 again <laughs> and it just it takes a lot of courage for men to just put themselves out there so much and and express what they want yeah so it, i can yeah yeah no go ahead no i was just gonna say i can just assume it took like you said like a lot of i don't know the way you said it like centeredness in your in your feminine or something um, owning your feminine for you to really show up that way. Yeah, for me to to realize that I cannot be in relationship with anybody in any meaningful way if I'm not expressing the deepest part of myself and what is most present within me, which in that moment was that with was that stuff. How how can I, you know, how can I be in that in an intimate partnership otherwise? It, it, it was impossible. And that was the other thing I was realizing throughout this journey. I could not no longer be in a, you know, just a transactional superficial relationship. I really needed that emotional connection. I really needed um, the re reciprocity of, of, you know, communication, you know, and, and, um, and so, yeah, yeah, I was realizing I was really clear on what I needed and I was just leading by example, so to speak, you know, uh, recognizing that my girlfriend at the time, my wife now needed somebody leading in that way because otherwise her instinct was to close up what was to protect and preserve. And so if I didn't, then it would, you know, it just wouldn't have been either possible or it just would have been a really um, inauthentic relationship, just inauthentic because we can't possibly be our full selves otherwise. And so it was like, it was very healing for her to finally be allowed to show up the way she was finally allowed to, so to speak, what the situation allowed for her, because it was, that very process was immediately healing for her, where I was 
allow, I was communicating in ways that she hadn't even heard from someone else before. And then she was allowed to communicate in ways she never could. And so then so many things came up and as the things came up, you know, I was able to hold it and be there for her and, 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 you know, walk her through it a little bit. And so it was a very, in a sense, fast track healing process for her, you know, in retrospect, and we've had this conversation before as well. So, Mm. um, do you feel like it was always, it always felt like you were on the same team? I mean, I'm sure it doesn't always feel like, you know, every relationship sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but what I'm hearing is that it takes for you guys to see that you're on the same team so that no one feels like they're trying to be controlled or no one's getting as as an attack. You know what I mean? It's been very, very natural from the very beginning. And and a lot of, and she'll, if she were here speaking, she would speak to this as well. Another thing that really helped was uh, the work that I did from the standpoint of anytime there was a possibility for confrontation, I never gave reason for that confrontation to manifest from the standpoint of let's say, let's say I fucked up and I did something and she like, and I use an analogy, she turns to rock and she gets angry and she wants to like throw, throw something, you know, throw words at me. In that moment, I have the self-awareness to realize how I fucked up and I immediately uh, disarm the situation, apologize, recognize where I fucked up. And so that that's the water. It become I, I become water to her rock. And so that sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Now, if I were to get defensive and, and be like, no, what the fuck? I, you know, I'm, I'm right. You're wrong. And I turn into rock. All we do is, is crash and crash and crash. Right. And mm-hmm. so and and so what that does, then it's not only just the initial crash, but then the initial crash leads to like it's like a like a bounce. And, and, and every moment that passes without fixing that is distance that is created within the relationship. You know, because because it's I'm over here and I'm certain on my point and I'm in my island and I'm over here and I'm certain in my point and I'm in my island and I'm going to she needs to apologize to me or he needs to apologize to me. And so if we and what eventually fixes that is a conversation and hey, oh, baby, I'm sorry. Eventually that happens. But if you can do that from the very beginning and be aware and, and just not give it fuel, then there's no possibility for that to become something. And so that was a big part of the relationship getting to where it was, it was very harmonious from the beginning because yeah, I guess I was just very self-aware of how I was showing up and what I was doing. And I was, I can see how what I did was wrong or, you know, um, how it was received the way it was received. And there was not a part of me that was trying to be defensive about it. I was like, I get it. I know. You know, absolutely. I think the number one thing, in relationships with anybody is to not be defensive, to drop the defense. Yeah. Which is tough, which is tough. Our egos are strong. You know, it's, it's not easy, you know? And so it's, it's that, that is the work, you know, and every time you do it and show up in that way, what you're doing is you're rewiring your mind. So eventually it just becomes second nature. You know, that, that's, that's what healing ultimately is where it's not just a esoteric process. It is an a physiological process as well. You are rewiring the the the, the you know the neural pathways in your mind. Whereas mm-hmm. you know at one point an an activating event leads to a traumatic response because that's what the brain remembers. If you heal that and outwork that, there's new wirings that happen and respond differently to that situation. Yeah. Right. If you are actually doing the work, there has to be a a result in inside of you and outside of you. Otherwise, there's still something that isn't 
um, being looked at. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, like if someone's asking you to do something differently and then the fight or flight automatically gets triggered, then yeah, you're like threat, danger, like someone's trying to attack me as opposed to being able to let it sink in. Someone's just asking you a question, right? And, and you can respond from a different place. Totally, totally, exactly. Um, a lot of my my clients mention um, wanting to share. Like, how is it? It's like they want their men to be more present or to show up more or to help, but then they feel guilty because men are out there doing their jobs. You know, the very like traditional situation. What would you? What would you advise? What would you advise women if they came up to you and they're like, "What do I do? How do I express this?" You know, we we live in such a complicated world where women want everything from the standpoint <laughs> of, you know, in a traditional sense, in a traditional sort of male female dynamic, you know, they they want the 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 partner to be sensitive and and you know emotional and communicative you know, uh, but they also want them to be strong and assertive and, you know, and so it, it, it I don't think the, the, the humans, the, the male species has evolved fast enough to be able to, to hold both things as truths, you know, yeah. uh, without intention, you know, and so it's, it's tough. They, they're it's sending mixed signals. How do you want me to show up? Do you want me to be passive and, and allow you to make the decision and where we go to dinner? Or do you want me to be that? No, we're going here and that's what we're eating. And yes, or yes, you know, and, there, and, and, and what happens is in a, in a male female dynamic, that's also changing on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe even moment to moment basis in terms of what the woman wants. And so the guy, <laughs> we're always you know, changing our mind. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I want you to be more assertive. No, I want you to listen to me. Let me, you know, I'm an independent woman and I need to do, you know, and it's like, okay, which, which is yeah. it, you know? And so, and so that's, you know, I think the, the point here and the, the way out here is not for one person to show up in a particular role or the other person to show up in a particular role, but for both people to have self-awareness and to understand what it is that they need, what it is that they want to communicate those needs and wants to commute, you know, and to own, to own why they have that programming and which aspects of those, of that programming work and which don't so that we're not just, you know, I, you know, grew up watching Disney princesses get rescued by their Prince Charming. And that's now what I want in my life. Where is my Prince yeah. Charming? Right. Let's whoa, let's take a step back, own the programming that's inside of us, see where that's coming from, see if that's effective or not. Uh, and and what is a better way of showing up, you know, just a more effective way, a way that 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 gives me what I want out of life. And so. Um, so somebody that you the original question was in a traditional partnership, a woman yeah. that's wanting. Yeah, wanting, right. wanting more support. And actually, so that she can also focus on her purpose, um, but yeah. feeling guilty um, because they don't want it to come off as, yeah, as like, I'm not appreciating what you do. It's there's yeah. so many intertwined, you know, things there. I have I have a client that I'm working with right now who has three kids, three businesses. Um, the, the wife is a high powered attorney that is trying to make partner to really, really Wow. you know, busy, complicated existence in many ways. And so 
They're also moving. They're move. They're in the process of moving homes. And so, in this process, the situation is basically that my my client, because he's not in a, he doesn't have a boss. He has his three businesses. He's the one that has more flexibility to be in charge of taking care of the move, taking care of the kids. And oh. he's not the babysitter, but he there's a, there's a paid nanny. But you know, taking his daughter to school, um, et cetera, while she's you know doing her thing. And so there's a little yeah. bit of of resentment built up of like, Hey, I'm sacrificing part of my career, mm. you know? And, but then at the same time, I'm confused. Cause then now I I'm the lucky one. I get to be with our kids and I get to, to and, and so there's confusion there on how they want to show up, you know? And then she's yeah. feeling resentment because I'm the one here, you know, working from eight in the morning to eight at night and you get to be with the kids. And so, okay. So how do we, how do we resolve that? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's been the topic of conversation, right? The way that you resolve that is, communication you can't get around mm-hmm. that period mm-hmm. right so and and getting clear on is this the life that we designed and is is this the life that we would design if we were designing it from scratch mm. and if not what is the life so i get it you want you want to reach partner i i hear you and i understand that and then her to him i get it that you want to build the the businesses and focus more on your career I get that. I also get that we both want to spend more time with our kids. Our, our kids are growing and they're, you know, that's happening really fast. And I also get that we as, as partners need to have one-on-one time. Okay. Wow. Okay. So our schedule is really full. How do we make all of that happen? Well, first and foremost, we need to carve out one-on-one time, which they haven't been doing. They haven't been carving out that one-on-one time to really get on the same page. They have created this machine that is now operating on autopilot through momentum and they haven't paused to intentionally say, Hey, again, what is working? What isn't working? What are our priorities? What are not? What is the point of diminished returns as far as income, household income goes, you know, what, what, where are, you know what I mean? Like, so pausing to design that. So to go back to your original question, it requires both people understanding that the other has a life of their own and has desires and goals and dreams and being interested in that, being curious around that, creating and carving out time to make sure that you're supporting that on both sides. And mm-hmm. it starts with, thank you. Thank you for showing up the way you've been showing up in our relationship for this household. I This household could not operate the way it does without you doing what you're doing, whatever the roles are, right? Acknowledgement, first and foremost. Wow. Now, I'm realizing that I've been growing a little bit resentful and it's not your fault. It's, it's on me, but I, I realized that I've had these dreams of, of building my career and, 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 and living my purpose. And I haven't had the space because, you know, I've had to take care of the kids or I've had to, you know, do X, Y, or Z, whatever the situation is being vulnerable, sharing, mm-hmm. this is what I want. I would, I would love it if together we can figure out a way to, to move forward and make this work for all of us. You know, what does that look like? You know, and so being in that partnership, that's what a partnership is. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's figure it out. You know, there's always going to be a trade-off, you you know, in this particular example with my client can't do absolutely everything perfectly. It's, there's not enough hours in the day. And so Mm -hmm. what are the trade-offs? What are we comfortable with? What are we not, what are non-negotiables? Those are the types of conversations that are crucial to have in a mm-hmm. partnership. And, that, and and that's, again, going back to the masculine feminine. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that, you know, the, 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 my client, he's, he's a male and he's had to embody more of, of the feminine at different times to be the, in that, you know, taking care of the household and the kids and, you yeah. know, 
but then also he's like, I have my businesses and they're still running and operating and I have clients and I have, you know, et cetera. And so, and then they need my phone, you know? And so it's, and, and, and then the, the wife is super in her masculine with her business and she's feeling the angst of, I want to be my feminine. I want to be the mother. I want to nurture my children. So you need to find then that equation of when the masculine is in the masculine and when the feminine is in the, in the feminine for each one of them and making sure those times are, um, allotted basically yeah which is so meta because it's like the actual allotment and and like structure piece is the masculine like in order to then flow like you need to have these conversations where you're setting up the structures which like is so sticky and uncomfortable and most people are like that's not sexy you know like i don't want to talk about this stuff (laughs) that's what i told them i told them you know that you there's no other way around this you have to put a date, like a, an actual date with your wife on the calendar that you wouldn't uh, that that you wouldn't miss, just like you wouldn't miss a date with a client or you wouldn't miss picking up your daughter. That needs to be a non-negotiable on the calendar so that then you both can be in your feminine, in a sense, mm. and share and explore and be, right? So it, the, the masculine of insisting on the space, carving out the space, mm-hmm. and now we have the container and now we can be. That's yeah. so important. Wow. Yeah, it's not just going to spontaneously happen on its own. No, no, no. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with a life that busy, you know, impossible. Right. Yeah. Wow. So I have one last question. Um, I'm curious, growing up with that, like, princess getting saved by her prince story, did you ever, like, did you grow up not feeling like you, like you could be that and did you ever desire it like was there was there this pressure to like i can't be the one that gets saved i can't be the one that just you know Mm. is in my feminine and Mm. and and gets to receive i i would assume so but i'm curious how funny i never have that's an interesting question and my first i thought you were going somewhere else with it my first Mm. response was i always projected and imagined i was the prince charming you know, I was mm. the one that was going to rescue and, and save. And, you know, and so that, that, that was, I, that, that was the tale that was being told in my head. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't uh, a save me kind of thing. No, not, not, well, not, not necessarily save me, but like, I don't know. Is there, did it was, did it ever feel like a pressure to be in that because of that story of like, I'm the one that had, that's the Prince Charming. Oh, for sure. Pressure. No question. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Of all, of all sorts, you know, and then, um, I mean, my, the story of my household also is an interesting one because we didn't get into this and we maybe don't have the time, but you know, my, my father was very emasculated in the household and my three brothers, my two brothers and I, um, witnessed that growing up. And my mom ended up taking, um, control of the household and she was the breadwinner. And so we were seeing, you know, these dynamics at play, you know, again, that was part, part of many other pieces that were part of the core trauma that I experienced. And you said your mom was like hyper-sexualized, right? Exactly. So she was, she was in the masculine role and hyper-sexualized. That's so confusing. Very confusing, very confusing for a young child. And in terms of, you know, how I was relating to myself, to my mom, to my family, it was it was a clusterfuck that I had to uh, untangle over the years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it just it really does leave me with the question in general of like, do men have a desire to be held more, to receive more that they're not getting? Or is that 
I don't know. That's a different yeah. question. That's a different okay. question. And that's a hell yes. Hell yes. Um, and that's where, you know, in many regards, coaching is such a beautiful modality because it's a not, it's becoming less and less of a confrontational space or more of an acceptable space for men to be in and just be held like and just show up as themselves, you know? And so that's one of the spaces. Absolutely. Men, you know, that's the, the other, the other, um, piece for my clients in my client's puzzle mm. is that in a sense, he's okay with the way the role and the situation is what he's wanting to be is, is seen and recognized for how he's showing up and what he's doing, you know, which in many ways is that sort of feminine, receive me, see me, hold me, you know, yeah. you know that's every man that I know has that consciously or unconsciously. And and that's a, a deep human need, you know? And so, you know, there, there are too many men and that's part of the toxic masculinity that are trying to hold it all together and, and do everything. And secretly what they want is, is to be told you're okay. You're fine. Everything will be okay. I got you. Mm. Right. You know, it, it that's why they're, you know, I need to do it. I'm the one. And if I don't do it, the family falls apart. And that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, they're, they're wanting that. And that's, what's beautiful about a conscious partnership is that both partners can hold each other at different times and in different ways, you know, and you know, the burden is not the sole burden is not on one person. It's on both carrying the load. It's when you're entering a conscious partner partnership or a marriage, you're deciding, like I mentioned before, to build something. This is something for the long term. It's no different than building a startup, a business, whatever the case may be. You're in it for the long haul. And so that requires people being on the same page, same values, you know, um, understanding roles, but also understanding the other's needs and, and being sensitive to those needs and having a pulse on, you know, what's happening it, it it's it's it requires healing to get to that position it requires yeah. work to get to that position it's not just going to happen yeah. and sometimes it requires the man and so or sometimes it requires the woman that enter into the partnership to be the leader that brings that other person into the mm -hmm. fold and gets that process started for and with that person yeah yeah. Because otherwise, if you're not growing in that way, especially if you're the one conscious partner, the other one is completely closed off, fixed mindset, that relationship is going nowhere. Impossible. Mm -hmm. If two people have a fixed mindset, well, that's every divorce st statistic that's out there. Right. So, yeah, you know, it's you have to have a growth mindset. You have to be open. You have to have things changing. It can't be all masculine all the time. It can't be all feminine all the time. You know, it, it just doesn't, it's out of balance, out of harmony in that way mm -hmm. for the, for the entity that is a relationship, which is right. a separate like entity. the parts of the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's the, this thing about like just being seen. is just so important. I think it's so easy to forget. And, and now that I think about, you know, my clients saying like, how do I communicate this to him that I want to do this? I just think we, we don't give enough value to the acknowledgement piece and the how do I how do I make you feel seen and what you're doing for this family it's not that I don't appreciate that you're going out there and working really hard it's just that there also is my desires right and you know it, it also to get what you want it, it it's helpful to make it all about them at the beginning if if if, if you if you're playing the long game right if I was yeah. this young this, this woman I would I would say let me have a conversation with my partner and ask, you know, 
what is it that you need? What, what's going on in your life? What, where are you struggling? Where are you? And like have him open up. Let that be the first sort of entry point to the bigger wow. conversation. And then, okay, now now let me share a little bit about what, what's going on. Because that this one, that allows that person to feel seen. Wow, this person is re- recognizing me. Let me back up and share. I, I And then this is related to all of this. The the number one most beautiful conversation that I think we've had, well, top three in my relationship with my wife happened just like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. Uh, um, and I hadn't caught her up to a lot of startup stuff that I'm that I'm working on and, and everything that I've been building towards. And it was this dinner that I carved out for us, for us to have that conversation and for me to share it with her. I'm not going to share absolutely everything. It, it was more, it turned into a conversation around respect and admiration and in awe of both of us each one Mm. so she she started with just like admiring and all the things that i'm doing for the family and how hard i work and how impressed she is and blah 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 and then i started to it was just it was just the most natural thing to be like wait a minute Mm. let's just hold up because there's so many times that you don't see yourself and I, i hear what you're saying and i receive it and and also and then it just became this back and forth where we're just acknowledging each of our roles in creating the life that we now live and how grateful we are for both of us. That type of conversation is essential for a thriving relationship. You know, the core being, I see you, you're, mm. you know, I, I, I admire you. I respect you. Um, right. Th- those there's three things also in the, the work that I do with capsule. I, I interview couples, people that have been together 60, 70 years. It's incredible. Yeah. Three things, three keys to a successful marriage that all of them say, respect, admiration, and love. Mm. Always, always respect each other. Never yeah, The moment you you disrespect me in the, is the moment that the relationship falls apart. At right. mutual admiration, there has to be for that, for that, you know, uh, love affair to continue, there has to be admiration. And so that requires, what does that require? Part of admiration means that each one of them are in a growth mindset. You can't admire somebody if they're just a fixed mindset doing the same shit every day. You know, it, it, it's impossible. Yeah. It's that person that is growing and evolving and sacrificing and and do, that's who you admire, right? So yeah. that's what. I, and then the love, of course, that love that that's that's you you can't separate a, a deeper relationship and love. It's the same thing. And so those are the three keys to successful marriages that I've come to realize myself in my relationships and that I've learned from the people that we've interviewed uh, at Capsule. Mm. Mm. Wow. Really powerful. It reminds me of the word, the book Blink, where yeah. he talks about how he could tell when a relationship was going to be over just in 10 seconds if he could hear contempt in their voices. Right, so so right. that's the opposite of what you're talking about. Like respect is, you know, and contempt are just on opposite ends. Yeah. And so that means sometimes my my wife gives me a firm no. And it's like, she, it's like a bark. Like, like, why did you do that? Or no, or like, you know, it's like, and sometimes I do the same and, and I, and we get it. We're like, that's a clear boundary that was overstepped, you know, that, you know, and so it's that respect, understanding, not, not um, calling each other out. There's, if there is contempt, I don't know how we're related. That's that's the the demise of the relationship. It's impossible. Yeah, right. Have a, a good yeah. relationship. So. Mm. Wow, this conversation was on fire. I truly do feel like yes, this is awesome. That <laughs> we were conversation we were, we were meant it. to have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so potent. 
So many, so many juicy things in this conversation. Thank you so, so much for sharing your gifts and your wisdom and your, your own personal experience. My pleasure. Thank you for creating this amazing container, not just for, for yourself and, and your, and your guests, but for your audience. This is a, a wonderful space for people to learn and create self-awareness and continue growing. So it's really beautiful what you're doing. Mm. Thank you. So I am sad for selfish reasons that you are stepping away from coaching because you have so many gifts to share. But it, when it comes to your startup, is it already it, it's already out there or are you building it right now? Um, yeah. So by the business capsule where we we are interviewing loved ones um, at different stages that that I've built and it's been running and it's been going really well. What I am seeing is the the bigger play in in and there is an, an opportunity to create um basically a family hub for 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 memories and family communication to live and that's a whole sort of story that you know and vision that that I can share another time but basically you know a lot of these things that we're talking about of uh, generational trauma and learning about our parents and their relationships and you know i want to create a container where we can capture a lot of these stories and perspectives so that current and future generations can better mm -hmm. understand and heal quick anecdote quick anecdote yeah had a client from capsule send me a series of text messages on monday that left me you know with goosebumps and it's the the reason why we're in existence she was saying that they, they had a watch party from the interview we interviewed her parents her dad is is uh has early onset dementia he's kind of losing his memory a little bit first of all you need to watch there's there are clips on on my, our instagram channel of their love okay years with each other okay. and that love is so it's palpable. It's there. You see, they're crying and they're like when they first met and they're like rehashing that and they're kissing each other right wow. there and not video. And it's so beautiful. I'll put the anyway, link in the in the description of the episode. Great, great. And so she said that they had a watch party, the whole family to finally watch the full interview. And the awareness that they had during that interview was that the mom that the, the, they had five miscarriages prior to having the first uh the her the, her, the, the first child and so wow. by the time by the time the first one was born there was um there was there, there was almost like a, a fear that she's going to lose this one as well so there was an inability to fully allow herself to love and to and to, wow. to with, with that daughter and this daughter also happened to be more sort of risk risky in her in her in her behaviors in terms mm, of like, of course yeah, exactly. And so yeah. I created a lifelong sort of like, you know, push and pull relationship. And then the second, her her sister was more risk averse and was the second one. So it was like, you know, uh, the insurance child, you could say, you know, that it's now, okay, now I have two. Now anything can happen. I at least have one kind of thing. And she almost gave herself permission to, to, to love her more in a sense is kind of how she positioned it understood their mom and their situation in ways that they couldn't have and they never mm -hmm. did otherwise, you know, and so that that understanding our stories, understanding where we come from is so, so, so important. Yeah. Um, this process that we've been talking about, you know, why am I showing up the way that I am in relationship? Well, it, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's, right. And we have we have the perspective that we sort of have uh, extrapolated from our own perspective and experience, but we don't have the inside scoop from our parents talking right. about they were the way they were, you know, and how insightful that would be, you know, Oof. and so that's really what what I'm trying to create. So the long story short of that is, I am trying to give 
allow anybody anywhere to to be able to record this in a in a meaningful way without needing sort of a space holder there and so we're leveraging you know different technology there to do so and and so i'm going to be gearing up towards that more and it's going to require energy and time and so cool i love it i've done a lot of family constellations where i've gotten to understand you know my own patterns through things that you know happened to my grandma my great grandma so this is such powerful work. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'll share all your info in the bio. And I know that you also welcome people to message you on Instagram. I know you mentioned that last time. So. Sounds good. Cool. My friend. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible and we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.